to the Superpower of Confidence podcast. In our podcast, we support a vision of confidence that is not arrogance, but rather a vision of confidence that is humble and self-loving and, and is okay with, with failures and setbacks. And this is what we're discussing with our guests. And today, my guest is Isa Chugmal. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Isa. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start, Isa, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thank you. I'm Isa. Um, it's also Isa in the middle. <laughs> it's my kind of brand name. Um, I'm a safari guide and safari entrepreneur within Southern Africa. This means Botswana, South Africa and Namibia. Yeah. And I do have a non-profit organization um, for female empowerment within Botswana. Okay. And yeah. I'm kind of following where I want to go, okay. <laughs> following my dreams, yeah. And you're originally from Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah, yes. sorry. I'm Swiss, yeah. Cool. So what is Isa in the middle? Why is it in the middle? Um, five years, no more, six years ago, I studied in China, in Beijing. And in German, we call it Land der Mitte, like in the middle, country of the middle. Ah, so it's okay. Isa in the middle. And now this name actually fits in everywhere. In every situation, I'm always kind of in between, in the middle of life, in the middle of projects, whatever. Yeah. So. Okay. And it's easier than Chukmol. So. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. Just for that, it's a great yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so listen, uh, we got lots of things to talk about because I've always uh, been impressed with your entrepreneurial journey since I've met you and the life decisions that you took. And then also, it seems through your organization, you're also helping uh, women uh, gain more confidence mm. in, in their skills or their place in the world. So we'll have lots of topics. <laughs> so, but we'll start with you. Uh, so you, you made a big decision six years ago. You had a typical Swiss career. Mm. You, you, were, you worked in finance uh, and then all of a sudden made that decision to be a safari guide. Yeah, it was interesting. I... I worked in finance. I had an awesome flat, the Lake of Zurich. I was in a good relationship kind of beginning. Um, and I had like, everything was settled. Yeah. And I was almost, yeah, I can say proud of it. Yeah. And then I realized I'm bored. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a book at the airport um, and I thought it's random. Yeah. But it was actually, I think it was important that I bought this book where a woman became a safari guide and I read it within two days and then I decided uh, that's what I also can do. But I, in this point of time, I thought more it's like a holiday out of comfort trip. Okay. So I contacted this author like 10 times until she answered. So what was the book? Um, it's uh, Frühstück mit Elefanten. Um, so breakfast with yep, elephants. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting confident in my German. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I contacted her and in the end she answered and she was like, look, I haven't been to this camp in Botswana, but I can recommend it. I heard a lot of good things about it. So I contacted them and then yeah, I booked and I paid. And then I informed my family and friends that I will go to Africa and to do a safari guide training. Okay. <laughs> but I've never been in Africa before or I haven't been on a safari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so it's, it's not like you had experience with Safari mm. and decided uh, this is what you're going to do your entire life. So no. you decided, okay, first I want to do the training and see how it feels. Yeah, I, I thought, come on, this is like, yeah, maybe it is a training, but I'm still a tourist. They can't really just throw me out there in the wilderness and see how I survive. Yeah. But they actually did. <laughs> really? <laughs> More or less, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Not so sure if they were aware my level of knowledge and <laughs> stuff like this. So now it's more I or less. What doesn't kill you make you yeah. stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I was singing this song a lot out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean, nowadays, there are more and more Western people coming down to Botswana yeah. or Africa and yeah. doing this training, um, like, you know, time out, whatever, from yeah. your job. But yeah. when I started, I was the only girl and I was the only Western woman there Yeah, with no knowledge. And <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. When I, I always thought that's not going to happen. And when I arrived there and I realized, wow, that's really a training camp. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess, so, okay, because so, I didn't know the full story. So mm. I thought, y I thought you made the decision. It's like, this is a change of life. But mm. actually, maybe it is, it is more helpful when you're like, okay, I'm just going to try this little training, see how it goes. Or did you already have a vision that you're going fully into this? Um, it's funny or interesting. I thought no, but then someone asked me, but haven't you figured out before if there are job opportunities and how it could work? And to be honest, yes, I did research. Okay, I was doing the research, yeah, okay. but because this idea was so crazy, I haven't really told the people maybe my real intention. So I went there and in the beginning I was like, okay, this is just crazy what I'm doing here. And I was laughing like every night because I was just like, <laughs> so I'm so sorry, but this is just like, what have you done? Um, <laughs> but in the third evening after I was guiding, um, I realized this is it. Yeah. And I've never had this experience. How long did it take you to be guiding? You said the third night you were guiding. Are you, you know, they don't care. They just tell you in the evening before like, okay, tomorrow tent number one and two is guiding. Good luck. <gasps> and I was like, I'm <laughs> so sorry, I'm just reacting live, but I'm just imagining myself in this situation. Yeah, and you know, I had to drive this big car on the left side in sand with all the boys at the back for four hours. And I had to find my way back. So I was like, this is just insane. And, and what should I tell you for four hours? I mean, I can talk a lot, but still it was, I have to talk about animals. So I've seen zebras and giraffes for the first time, like in real. So I was super excited. <laughs> <laughs> so they said it was a really, really kind of good drive because they were like, they s they've seen the bush with new eyes because I was excited about everything. <laughs> but they were, were they clients or just no, no, other students? They were the other course? students. I mean, they, they were already trainers and I, safari guides and they only did the, the exam or the certification. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, they were guiding for 20 years, some of them. And one guy was actually a professional like tracker from the military so and myself and i was like <laughs> oh my god yeah and so um i it was actually during the break where we had coffee time and there was this dung elephant dung on the ground and my trainer gave me the task for my guide uh, guiding hours he wants that i talk about dung or shit <laughs> dung <laughs> I'm Who so am I kidding? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, at least there is 
shit everywhere so I can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And I took this old elephant dung and it fell apart. Yeah. And within this dung there was this um termites. Yeah. And termites are actually decomposing and bringing the nutrition back to the soil. Okay. And the soil is sand and with without this decomposing process there would be no grass. Okay. Yeah. So and we because of this we have the grass and because of the grass we have the antelopes and because of the antelopes we have the lions, hyenas, we have the vultures and then with the rain when there is a kill they eat they eat and with the rain it goes back to soil. And when I had this end product it was also the beginning of something. Yeah, yeah. And when I realized that this is a perfect circle. Yeah. But I am, I'm as a human being, I'm not part of it. And in this moment, this really hurt me. When I realized I have a clue about finance, about everything, but I forgot the basic. I am not part of something big anymore. Yeah. Okay. I'm so deconnected that it hurt me that I realized I know nothing about life actually yeah and yeah. you decided to go full in into it well i went back to my tent in this evening and i was like crying because i realized oh my goodness this is like what should i do yeah. and i knew that this was so crazy no one would understand so and then i was like okay Isa, let's just sleep over it and see what happens and the next day i i realized okay i feel so home and this is where I want to be. And then I asked myself, okay, how are the chances that I can come back? What could I do? And then I was like, okay, it's still crazy. And you know, there is this um, um, woman, Maasai, the white Maasai. Maybe you heard about it. It's a Swiss no. lady who went to Kenya and fell in love and then changed her life. Okay. So yeah. I thought if I do this now and I come back, everyone is like, you're the second Maasai, <laughs> so white Maasai. So I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, but then, I made myself a promise when I was in China. Okay. So that's where my story is connected and these are in the middle okay. fits in. Yeah. And this promise is your heart is free if you have the courage to follow it. Yeah, okay. And I have a tattoo which is the symbolic uh, kind of thing for this sentence. Okay. And when I was having my bush shower and I looked at my tattoo, I was like, mm. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I made myself a promise. Yeah. And if I really, really want to be true ma to myself, I have to stick to this promise. Yeah. And this means my heart says yes now. So I just have Amazing. to quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> so you okay. So you had a really strong emotional motivation yeah. and connection to yeah. do this uh, step. Okay. Yeah. So you quit your job. Yeah. Well, I came home and during when I was flying home, I thought, and my parents were picking me up at the airport, and I was just doing a mind map, like, okay, what is my decision? What is the influence? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with my parents, I know it's really important for them that I have a pension fund and stuff like <laughs> this. So I was like, okay, how should I? They're I'm very here. Swiss, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so when I arrived, my parents picked me up, and I started to cry, and my father looked at me, and he's like, oh, no, you're going again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. And at the same <laughs> evening, I quit my apartment. Um, I started to give up and sell everything within two months. Wow. Um, and then I started to live on couches because I was still working in finance. No one is quitting their job before the bonus is paid. 
okay. <laughs> no, and I also. So you hadn't lost completely your smart. No, yet. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I also thought, okay, I'm gonna sign up for the the walking with weapon training, which is a whole month, uh, the trails guide, and this is the toughest part. And I thought, if I'm still gonna like it and survive it, I'm gonna make the final decision and quit okay. my job, and yeah. then see uh, where it yeah. goes. Okay. Yeah. So you did the weapons. Yeah. Training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I guess we'll get into. <laughs> Does weapon give you confidence? I guess. No, it, that's wrong. The really? Like false confidence. Uh, it's false confidence. Yeah. yeah, false confidence. Then you overstep your kind of knowledge, strengths, knowledge, everything, your skills, because yeah. that's just your ego speaking then. You feel overconfident. Yeah. You feel arrogant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's going to kill you out there. <laughs> <laughs> you decide to go there, but then you have... You know, <coughs> so you have to learn a lot about about the bush, but also, you know, setting up a business in Africa mm. uh, and then convincing clients to come to your safaris. Like what, you know, how did you go about finding your confidence in this journey? Yeah, because there was not a plan. I had no plan. Okay. Um, the first time in my life. I went there for more months. Um, I was working for, it was actually, I was just telling my story everyone and also in Africa and my ideas and I contacted everyone I've heard of, of before. So they told me, oh yeah, we need someone who can actually help us with marketing and stuff like this for the European market. So I went to a lodge to help them out. So I gained more bush time. I went to gain more and have more courses, more exams. Uh, okay, so you worked for companies that already existed. Yeah, okay. but yeah. not as a safari guide. Yeah, it was not possible. No. And then I came home and had really like zero plan. And my plan was never to have a company. But I just had then finally after a year or like more or less done all the courses, which was the first step already. I thought I'm never going to make it. And um, yeah, then I was just here and people told me like, Isa, your life is just upside down and no one understands what you're actually doing. Why aren't you giving a presentation? And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do a presentation. And, you know, I just did it like. I prepared it like the night before and then yeah. like 150 people showed up <laughs> and the press and I was like getting nervous like okay I really underestimated <laughs> this <laughs> so like I, I don't know everyone was there actually so I had this two-hour presentation and after this two-hour presentation I mean people were crying and laughing at the same time really? where yeah. I realized I'm good in doing speeches yeah and then the people came up came and asked me actually can we come with you to into yeah, can can you bring us on a trip and yeah. can you be our safari guide yeah and i was like I, I mean i can but i have no experience and i don't have a company but let me figure this out so actually the next day i called sophie and sophie's my business partner now and yeah. i met her in the bush yeah. she's also becoming she was becoming a safari guide and i called her i was like sophie you told me if i ever need help because you have already the tour operator license yeah. now it's the time <laughs> and she's like okay and i was like can you organize some trips for me and and she was like normally we prepare a trip like half a year a year before and i was like yeah it's, it's in two and a half months and she's like what are you kidding and i was like oh um i didn't know that we have to plan it beforehand <laughs> you know <laughs> so she was kind of creating these trips together within a week or so and then she asked me like can i come with 
And I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to ask the clients. <laughs> I was actually happy because I had no clue. <laughs> I've only seen like a little part of Botswana, but I'm going to drive with them just random. You know, there are no streets. There is nothing really written yeah, in yeah, Bots yeah. Botswana. Yeah. You just drive and yeah. you know where the way ways or the path is going or the, the, the road. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah. And I asked the clients. They said yes. And then I told her and she was like, well, should we found a company? I was like, yeah, wh why not? <laughs> I mean, so I literally founded a company with someone I <laughs> just knew from some days in the bush. That's amazing. But I trusted my gut feeling and it felt yeah. right. And then six weeks later, later, um, yeah, I was with her in the bush with the first client. That's yeah. Wow, talk about like skyrocketing. Yeah, and from there on, we were fully booked because word of mouth. We had no website. I only had my presentations and I contacted the medias and I was like, literally, yeah, they helped me to spread my story. Awesome. Mm. <laughs> wow. So let's let's talk now about uh, really the lessons of, of the bush. I mean, I guess to get them really, you have to go there yeah. and, and experience yeah. and experience it. We always include walking and sleep out, even when we have high-end clients okay sometimes i have to convince them sometimes they're really like no we're not doing that. of course you can't like push them but yeah we always try to um bring the client out of their comfort zone but yeah. not in a sense where they're stressed about it of course they're nervous when i say we, s we do a sleep out and you have a two-hour shift and then the other one and i'm just sleeping <laughs> so what do you tell to convince somebody to so explain just a little bit so you would have one day or and one night where you're not in a car, you'd be walking through the bush. Yeah. Completely as well. yeah. Yeah, as in well. the wild. Um, I mean, it's we have like from, we sleep in a luxury tent camp, then we sleep maybe in a normal tent, but everything is unfenced. Uh, then you can also sleep on top of the car on a rooftop tent. Uh, we also offer that we do sleep outs, and that's okay. what I include often. So that's the night where we start driving and, and in certain camps they can drive. Actually, I can give them the, the feeling of, of really being a right. safari guide kind yeah, of. Yeah. So they can drive and then we do the sleep out, we cook, they sleep on the floor, we have shifts um, and then often we walk back in the morning or we walk there. So you start like walking, you walk for four hours and we train them a bit how to walk, uh, what is important. I mean, they're not leading but it's already enough if they have to walk because they're so nervous. Um, and then you get used to it. And then because it's a s often a silent walk, we have to be silent. So it's really the time where they realize how vulnerable we are. Yeah. Because you're kind of constantly out of your comfort zone out yeah. there. And then you sleep out there and you become really part of nature. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the first time I felt really this human vulnerability was i was i was doing scuba diving mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden our guide gets really excited yeah. and he's like you know he yeah. makes the sign for yeah. sharks so we get excited and these were reef sharks so mm -hmm. normally they they're not really aggressive yeah. but they were wondering like what are these things and they would come and check us out yeah. and you know and they're so big yeah I was thinking if if one yeah. of them decides that yeah. you know we're not good, yeah. <laughs> we're we're finished. Yeah. You know we're twenty meters yeah. underground, and I I guess you have yeah. the same kind of yeah. feeling with this big beast uh, in the bush. Yeah. yeah, and how 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 important is is confidence in these situations, and 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 what even is confidence? <laughs> um, I think for me, confidence is to know my skills. To know where I'm good, 
where I lack maybe and where I have to give my responsibility to someone or I can have to find my partner and <coughs> it's really important <coughs> sorry when you're out there to have the right partner with you okay that's yeah. a game changer if okay, I can so trust you or not somebody who can compliment you yeah yeah okay um, and then I can trust you and we can speak without even without words so um, it's really a trust game and you first time in my life I understood what trust really means yeah <laughs> where you are like uh, depending on the other person with your life um and for me it's confidence is really trusting your gut feeling your instincts it's yeah. a lot about instincts yeah um and you can't doubt yourself in this situation you have not a second where you can doubt yourself so it goes back i only can trust my gut feeling and instinct because in this moment i have to make a decision if um, a lion attacks me, I can only shoot within 10 meters. I mean, shooting is the last thing I want to do. But if I have to, I only have 10 meters and he's running like 20 meters a second. So I only have half a second to make a decision when ah. he's coming. Oh my God. <laughs> so this means <laughs> I, I can't think. Yeah. So all my moves have to be like here. Yeah. And that's what you train. You train it so hard that you can do it even with closed eyes okay and that's just you don't have to then focus on the movement anymore yeah okay okay and then it's just gut feeling okay. and it's it's feeling the situation knowing yeah. it's really about i feel what is happening yeah and how do you learn to not get to this point you know like if so if you're you're being surrounded <coughs> by i don't know has this happened to you yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah you innocent interviewer <laughs> of course no. No, <laughs> yeah it's it's normal um i mean first of all it's it's about respect yeah. i respect the animals and they show me the boundaries it's not like human beings where they fake and say oh it's all good but it's actually not and an animal is showing you, okay, that's that's my first boundary, my second boundary, and that's now too close. So they, you learn the signs of the animals. Okay. You learn the senses, you learn the tracks, you learn the situation. But of course, you can always be wrong. Okay. So first is respecting their boundaries. Yeah, and they make the decision. Uh, they make the decision. Okay. If I um, approach an animal, I do it step by step, which means meter Wh by meter. Why would you do that? Uh, because then you have... There's <laughs> <laughs> a lion walk the other way. <laughs> no, you're gonna you you figure out where is their territory, how they behave. Okay, okay. And then you can actually come a bit closer and closer, have a better angle, change the angle a bit. Um and it's it's all about the perfect guide or the perfect guiding situation is I'm not interrupting their behavior. Okay, okay. Because this goes back to the respect of energy. It's all about energy. Okay. If I interrupt them, they have to bring in energy they haven't really calculated. So they, they use energy to defend themselves when I'm too close. Right. So they have to eat earlier. And if they're not going to make it, they die. So I, I have to be aware that I have an impact with every little move I make. Right. Okay. And yeah. that's the really... that's ethical guiding where you're not okay. interrupting their behaving okay. behavior because yeah. it's it's your knowing okay. that you can make them their life like but uh, but are we are we food for them or never really no i mean it depends which animal okay. but 
actually on the only list of food we are, it's crocodiles. And crocodiles <laughs> are <laughs> smart. We're on the crocodile's list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but lions, we are actually not on their list. Okay. Uh, it's only if they have eaten or tasted us once they realize they can eat us and then you have to kill the lions. That's so bad because, yeah. Okay, because then they will just go yeah. after... Okay. Yeah. But crocodile... Yes. <laughs> love us. Love a good human sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is there a lot of crocodiles where you yeah. are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we live. Um, it's the Botswana. It's the Okavango Delta, okay. which is f famous, yeah. and it's uh, the delta, the river, and there are a lot okay. of crocodiles and hippos. Yeah. All right. These are fascinating stories. Uh, <laughs> so what? What do your what what do the the people learn when they go on your safaris about themselves mm. about the world like what <coughs> what is the experience you want to give them i mean we want to bring them to um a part i mean my happy place i want to show them of course and it happens automatically we don't want to push them but when you're out there you're vulnerable yeah even men they're out of comfort zone they have to i'm leading them um because they are not really um, distracted. There is no technology, nothing, no wife, yeah. no connection, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really coming to a point where in the evening when you sit around the fire, there's a lot of coming up. It's like uh, where they realize what just happened, uh, mm. who they are maybe, or what yeah. is the limitation. And when you're out of comfort zone, it's actually the, the moment where you meet yourself. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about it because we are sometimes so vulnerable and so out of comfort zone, you meet yourself. And sometimes it hurts, sometimes it's nice, but it's a lot is happening. And that's what happens on the trip and also after. Yeah. It's and they realize when we use all the senses and we bring all our knowledge in and they can act and they, they can understand. Yeah. It's the first time where they start to see the world again. Yeah. And they can feel it, they can smell it, yeah. they feel alive and, and they become part of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. And they become a group because they realize we depend on each other. And you act differently with to someone or with someone when you know I depend on you or not. And that's that's the magic what is happening out there. You know? I'm getting goosebumps listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> Tell us about your organization uh, where you help women in Botswana. You support them through safari training. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, we give them financial support, but we don't give them the money. We want to help make kind of change their life because they make the decision where they want to go. It's not me pushing them. Yeah. They tell yeah. me we create a um, milestone planning and then we pay the school. We pay maybe the school fee for the kids so they are more free to actually become a safari guide or a hospitality management school to become a lodge manager. The problem is um, like 60% of the household in Botswana are single women and they pay for their kids by themselves. So right. that's tough. So we have to kind of find the balance where they actually are allowed to follow their dreams in a sense that it's possible with, with where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main reason. And, and yeah, since we figured out that they are not, I mean, it's not a problem of gender. Yeah. It's more, there are not that many role models. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're providing role models yeah. for them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Inspiring them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Helping them step into their confidence yeah. to become what they want to, to use become. To their superpower. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fast learner. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to go on your safaris, where, where, where do they find you? 
I mean, on Instagram, of course, Isa in the middle. Yeah. Um, my real name is Isabel Chukmal. It's a bit difficult. Or my companies are Sukari Safari or Lerato Adventures. All right. Thank you so much, Isa. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you want to find out more about me, subscribe to my newsletter, book me as a speaker or comedian, visit www.bendelahe.com. All the links will be in the show notes. If you have enjoyed this content, please subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to my YouTube channel. Share it or leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Until then, take care.